Welcome to Melden Law and Friends. I'm Jeffrey Melden, founder of Melden Law and host today for Melden Law and Friends. We're very excited. We've got a really interesting show today, and I know all of you will be uh, excited to listen to what our guests have to say. Uh, our big giveaway coming up, we have a Father's Day giveaway. So Father's Day is June 19th. And our giveaway is a $250 gift card to Spurrier's Gridiron Grill. Plus, Steve Spurrier will sign a visor to Dad. So whoever, uh, whatever you want him to write on the visor, uh, that comes with the package. I think it's going to be pretty cool. Uh, we're broadcasting now from Spurrier's Gridiron Grill here in Celebration Point in Gainesville, Florida. And it's a beautiful museum and fabulous restaurant. So it's uh, for those of you that uh, bleed orange and blue, this is the place for you. And uh, those of you that uh, don't bleed orange and blue but like good food, you're welcome uh, also. So, uh, you know, this is the place for you as well. So anyhow, uh, we're big fans of Spurrier Gridiron Grill and everybody that comes out here has a really uh, cool time. Uh, we're in the uh, podcast room here that was built. It actually uh, substitutes as a dining room uh, for VIPs. And uh, uh, this weekend uh, was birthday weekend for um, Josh Howard, who is uh, my personal executive assistant at Melden Law. And Josh brought his uh, folks and his girlfriend over here, and they got to sit nice. in this private uh, VIP pod room for his birthday. So yeah. that was... You can see a lot of people, too. It's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. We're like in a fishbowl here. <laughs> yeah, we really okay? are. I was going to say that. <laughs> yeah. Right so anyhow, um, my first guest today is um, Edward uh, Levagnino. Lavagnino. Lavagnino. Italiano, yes. Lavagnino. Okay, and I, I was telling Edward that I just came back from Rome and Florence uh, about two weeks ago and just had a great time. Yeah. What a, what an amazing time uh, we had and just to be inspired by uh, what... The beauty. The beauty. And you know what? It's amazing is people built these incredible mm -hmm. cathedrals 800 years ago. Yeah. And we think that, you know, 50 years ago is like a long time ago. How did, we do. How did people, you know, put that together? Now, when it comes to what you do, yes. uh, that was non-existent 50 years ago, right? Correct, yeah. Okay. Even, uh, 11 years ago, correct. Yeah, 11 there, years. There were no apps 11 years ago. So let's talk yeah. about, uh, Edward, tell us a little bit about uh, your company and what sure. you do. So my company is called Gift Certificates and More. Um, I started it back in 2011, and it was a website. And we had the shortest domain, give certificates and more.com. So you can imagine how long it was. So people had to go down to the app itself and print a gift certificate, not a coupon. The difference is none of my offers have a minimum purchase. My offers are all gift certificates. Now, my gift certificates are smaller. They're not $50 or $25 because then the restaurant will go out of business. My gift certificates are $5 off, $3, $2. So wherever you go, we work over 100 different restaurants. You can save $3, $2, one redemption per month. But if you go out to eat two or three times a week or two or three times a month, depending how much of a foodie you are, you can start saving $5, 10 15 $20 per month. And if you do that for a year, you save, you know, a couple hundred dollars. So that's the angle that we do. So the so idea is you, simple. So as I understand it, yeah. if you go to, you can use one of these gift certificates um, uh, at a different, as long as you're going to a different restaurant, you can right. use One them. redemption per location, per person, per month. Oh, so yeah. if you eat out 15, 20 times oh, per yeah. month, you might be saving 50 oh, yeah. to $100. Oh, yeah. I know people that save five, $600 a year. Yeah, and then we also have GCM Plus. You pay a dollar a month or $10 a year for the Plus membership, and then you can redeem it twice. So let's say you want to go to the Texas Roadhouse. It's a $3 gift certificate. And again, there's no minimum purchase, whatever you purchase. So we don't tell you you have to buy this burger or you have to spend 25 to get $5 off. It's like having money in your wallet. That's what we call it. It's like money. That's our slogan. 
So when you go to the Texas Roadhouse, you redeem, you save three bucks. And then you go to the Ale House, you redeem, you save three bucks. You go to Dave & Buster's, you redeem, you save five bucks. And I'm staying within CP. Then if you go to Kilwins, you save $2. And then you go to Medici, you save $3. So you feel me? So you start saving a lot of money where you go. And if you're a Plus member, you can do it all over again in that same month. Right. Yeah. And, and a lot of folks... Like myself, when we go out, you know, there's three or four restaurants we go to regularly. Correct. So going to the same place sometimes. Happens all the time. Happens all the time. Especially in 30 days, you would think, oh, if it was only a week, it'll be one thing. But you have the whole month. A lot of people like to frequent, like you said, the same restaurant. So they become a Plus member for $10 a year, and they'll get that money back within a month. So the, 11, the other 11 months, sell profit for them. So um, what is the market territory that you're in? Currently, we're in Alachua County. Uh, a little bit in Duval and a little bit in Marion County, but mostly Alachua. We were starting those markets, and then the pandemic hit, so we pulled back a little. So we still have a small presence in Duval and Marion, but it's mostly Alachua. And at the end of this year, we want to go back to those markets. When, when COVID hit, did, uh, a lot of the restaurants were doing mostly takeout. Correct. Could you use your ta your coupons for takeout as well? So that's a good question. So the answer is we actually didn't promote the app for a whole year. What we did is we started GCM Cares. And what that was is we started a GoFundMe. We raised $4,200, literally didn't take a penny. And then we bought food from restaurants at regular price, not only from the restaurants that were part of the GCM app, we call it a GCM family, but we also bought food from non-GCM restaurants. So we bought it and then we donated it to the firefighters, the police officers, first responders. So we did all the 4,200 that Gainesville donated. We took literally every penny and bought it. So not only did we not promote the app because we didn't think it was fair for the restaurants to take a discount where they were, we thought they were going to go out of business. Mm -hmm. No one knew what was going to happen. Middle of March, the pandemic hit. And we're like, what's going to happen? So our focus completely switched to how can we grow GCM to how can we help the restaurants not go out of business? So that's not only we never we have emails that go out three days a week, Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays that promote usually a deal. We stopped doing that. We promoted, you know, such and such is doing carry out, third party deliveries, pickup. We never even once mentioned the app of how you can save you money. We told people where to go and how to get the food. So uh, when did you go back to your norm, normal protocol? I would say last year, 21, the beginning of the yeah, year. When so things started going back to, quote, unquote, normal, whatever that is now. Yeah, so we started probably in March is when we started going back. And then it started. But 21 was still a little bit weird because we didn't know what was going to happen still. There was not enough employees for the restaurants. They couldn't open back to, to full. So we started, I would say, the food, because we do a GCM food festival here, a celebration point. So the one in November of 2021 started picking up a little, and then 2022 has been went like back to normal. It's interesting because yeah. friends of mine who were in the restaurant business yes. said that 2020 was their worst year in mm -hmm. a long, long time. Yes. And 2021 was their best year ever. Yeah, I believe it. They just didn't have enough employees. Right. Yeah. But however, yep. what they did learn is that you can do a, a large percentage of your gross volume in the restaurant through uh, takeout. Yes. And that changed the whole dynamic. I yes. think it took some companies longer to make the transition yes. to uh, really promoting their takeout and getting mm -hmm. their uh, regular uh, their regular customers accustomed to right. takeout as an option. No, I agree. It, it, actually, it absolutely did. But then once they figured out, you know, this could be something – that what happened then was they were running short on to-go boxes, to-go containers. They were running short on everything, and then the price went through the roof, so it was getting really expensive to do that as well. So 2021, is, it was a weird navigating those waters, you know, because usually before you can almost get employees, not all the time, but it wasn't as hard as it was last year. You know, so you have a city bus. You have several. We were going to do a city bus right before the pandemic. We were going to get one. Obviously, we couldn't do anything during 2020. The reason I bring this up is because of 2021, they didn't have enough drivers. So they oh. couldn't sell any more buses because nobody, wanted, nobody could have wanted to work as much. So the same thing happened to the restaurants. So now we even have the abilities when we had a bus. We couldn't get a bus because they had already sold it to people like you. And then they had to give you the right we to, had to the yeah, commitment. Yeah, yeah, commitment. So they couldn't keep selling them. And we just now got our bus. But it's 2022. So everything's just now catching up to what 2019 was. So how many different restaurants um, are you engaged with? Uh, a little over 100. 
Yes. So what do you hear from the, those restaurant owners? How are they doing now as far as being back in business? Yeah, I think right now the majority of them, their biggest thing, again, sounds like a broken record, is getting qualified people that want to work. Right now, like you said, the sales are doing well. They have, you know, that's back to night 2019. Mm -hmm. It's just getting enough people. Like, we, again, we just did the food festival here in April. Mm -hmm. We had to supply uh, help to over 20 restaurants because they wanted to be at the food fest, but they didn't have people to do it. So I had to hire people to quote-unquote work the restaurant to pr actually give out the food mm -hmm. because they just didn't have the manpower to do it. That's never been an issue before. So that's the only thing. They're trying to get more and more people to work. Yeah, I know here at Spurrier's, um, they finally opened last August, but they, mm -hmm. had, they had planned on opening earlier, but they couldn't Correct. get um, the quality mm -hmm. servers, and they didn't want to. Everything here is first class, so they didn't yes. want to open up with, a less than first class uh, team. Correct. And so now I think that's happening. Uh, I remember you, Freddie saying that. What are the long term ramifications, you think, uh, as far as um, people not as anxious to get out there and work? You know, all I've known my whole life is work. So I don't know if this is a trend. I, I would think that eventually we all have to go back to work, whether we want to or not. And I think for the most part, people do want to work. And they're just trying to figure out what a lot of people started side hustles. And they're like, let me see if I can do that side hustle. And in some cases, it will work. And in some cases, it won't work. So I think a lot of those people that obviously the side hustle works, they're never going to come back. It's not just the restaurant industry, whatever industry. But the ones to try something that didn't work, I think there's good money to be made as a waiter, uh, as a waitress, or working in the kitchen. I used to own a restaurant. So it's one of those things that you're always going to have a, a demand for food. People like to go out to eat. So I'm hoping that people slowly but surely come back to work uh, because a lot of the people need to work. I think that the gross revenues of restaurants overall in this community and yep. other communities in 2022 is probably going to hit record levels. I don't disagree. It's been, if you go to the Texas Roadhouse on a Friday, good luck getting a table. You're going to have to wait. You know, same thing here. You know, a lot of restaurants are like that. You know, like I said, I work with just here in Celebration Point. Dave and Buster's, they're packed. You know, with the games and everything, L House. I mean, thank God they're open till late because sometimes you go someplace and they're closed and they're open till two o'clock in the morning, midnight, depending on the day you go. But the same thing goes with Bolle. Bolle is one of my biggest accounts. They're all. I, I see the redemptions come through, and it's great food, mukes, you know, chicken salad, chick. Um, so I agree with you. I think you can see by seeing the redemptions in the back end, I can see that things are picking up again. I think the biggest grossing restaurant in Gainesville is Chick-fil-A. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah, one out yeah, on Archer yeah, yeah. Road, oh, yeah. right? There's a line wrapped every day. Yeah, a, yeah and they yeah. opened up, uh, they built a brand-new facility, two lanes, and everything is basically drive-through. Yes. And uh, so I think the landscape in the restaurant industry has really dramatically changed because of the COVID epidemic. Yes. No, I would agree. So yeah. people um are more willing to do takeout people are more willing to do drive through yes um di the d in in dining experience is uh, still great and it's uh, uh now becoming a little easier to get a table yep. uh, at certain restaurants yes and that uh the the restaurant tours that adapted are the ones that are doing the best right now yeah i would to totally agree yeah people listen people always like to go out to eat you know, people look forward to that. There's a lot of things in life that we have to do as adults that we don't look forward to. Eating out is one of the ones that we do, right? You're married, your wife, you get home on a Friday night, your wife wants to go get something to eat, that kind of thing, right? I just talked to her <laughs> about five minutes ago. She said, we're going out for See? eat. We're See? going out to eat tonight. I said, well, that settles that. I said, exactly. now we have to do, figure where. Okay, listen, we're going to take a quick break on Melden Law and Friends, and we're going to be back with Ed Lavagnino. Lavagnino. La, la, Lavagnino. I'm yeah. going to get this right. Okay? <laughs> I just go by Edward. That keeps it a lot easier. I, no, I like, <laughs> but I love the Italian language. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm going to get it right. Okay, okay we're going to be back in 60 seconds on Law Talk. Or, I'm sorry, Melvin <laughs> Law and Friends. Albert, Alberta, I understand you were witnesses to a crash. Can you tell us about the accident? When you're in a crash, it's important to get witness statements immediately after the accident. 
Whether you're in a car, truck, motorcycle, scooter, or even a golf cart accident, at Melden Law, we won't back down. Oh my gosh, I can't even believe this. Look, look what you have done to my truck. Excuse me, it's your fault, it's not my fault. Yes, it is your no, fault. Not, not I am fault. calling Jeffrey Melden from Melden Law. So I'm going to call Jeffrey, my husband. Melden Law, this is Jeffrey speaking. Jeffrey! This person here, this person lady, he might... New client? Yes, but this one might be a little tricky. Welcome back to Melden Law and Friends. I'm Jeffrey Melden, founder of Melden Law, and I want to promote a few things we got going on. Uh, I mentioned earlier our Father's Day giveaway, a $250 gift card to Spurrier's Gridiron Grill, along with a signed visor to, to Dad from Steve Spurrier. Uh, all you have to do is go on our Facebook page. Uh, it's Melden Law Facebook, and you will be able to enter the contest. It's free. It's open to anybody. Uh, $250 will get you um, one heck of a, a nice dinner here at Spurrier's for the whole family. You can invite grandma and grandpa and cousins and everybody. So uh, take advantage of it. Uh, another thing going on, Law Talk Live, every Saturday at 1030 on The Sky 97.3, we have a lively discussion of uh, uh, some illegal issues, uh, just as many non-legal issues, and uh, Gator sports is always a topic. Um, last night in Gainesville, we had our Scholar Athlete of the Year banquet, uh, honoring all of our weekly Scholar Athletes, and then we selected our Scholar Athletes of the Year. It was at the Hilton Hotel. A fabulous turnout, great uh, great winners. Both of our winners, one male and one female, get $1,100 in scholarship money along with a, a big, beautiful glass trophy. And uh, they're both going to the military academies. Uh, the male uh, scholar-athlete winner is going to West Point, And the female scholar-athlete winner, she's going to the Air Force Academy. Wow. So uh, we got these... And to get into West Point or Air Force Academy, those are tough. I mean, yeah, you got to be a good student. I think you have to be sponsored by a congressperson or a senator mm -hmm. or somebody. And it's, so it's a big deal. And we like to honor our uh, best and our brightest. Anyhow, um, I'm uh, here with uh, Edward from C. I'm sorry, GCM. So yes. what is GCM? stand for again? Yeah, it stands for gift certificates and more. And the more is vouchers and coupons. So the main thing that we do is the gift certificates. So what makes GCM different from other, uh, you know, giveaway companies or sure. whatever you want to call them? Sure, that's a good question. So the, um, the main thing, like I said earlier, is the fact that let's say you wanted to go to, uh, say, Nukes. We have a $3 gift certificate to Nukes. It's not a traditional coupon. Yeah, coupons meaning you have to like spend ten dollars to get three dollars off or two dollars off. But if you don't hit the ten dollars or the fifteen dollars, you don't get the discount, right? Or you see free appetizer right. with this. So, so you go in and you spend uh, yes. seventy dollars yes. and they give you an appetizer yes. that costs them a dollar twenty yes. cents and right. And Correct. Uh, so what I do is I say, you know what? If you want to go in the Jeffrey, all you're gonna do is whatever you spend, you can spend five dollars, ten dollars, fifteen dollars. We're gonna take three dollars off your bill, regardless mm -hmm. of what you buy. I don't make you buy a specific item or a soup or a pizza. It's totally up to you. We'll give you the freedom to choose what you want to choose, but we're still gonna give you three dollars off. That that's what makes it a gift certificate, not a coupon. Because there's I no minimum you, purchase. Yeah, Ed, Edward, I asked you earlier, yeah. what are you doing with takeouts? Does it apply to takeouts? In some stuff? cases it does. In some mm -hmm. cases it don't. It totally depends up to the restaurant, and they'll tell you on the fine print. I would say it's like 80% 80, 80 not. The whole idea is supposed to be for you to go into the restaurant and visit the uh, restaurant. So they want to yeah. get... They want to uh, get people in the door. Foot traffic is what the app's all about. Having said that, some people do honor that. Okay. Yeah. Well, I would encourage them... To do it one way or another, because yeah. what the hell does it matter if you're uh, yeah. if you have a butt in the seat yeah. or if you uh, are spending money? And right. actually, you know, the overhead for takeout is a lot less than the right. overhead for in-house dining. Sure. So uh, that's that's an opportunity I think 
more restaurants should realize uh, mm -hmm. what what what's it matter. No, I it, it, it all depends on the, the ownership's perspective. It really does. Like I said, it's probably if I had to guess, eighty twenty. They dine in. They are the twenty. I know several that do take it for takeout, uh, but some just you know they prefer that you dine in. You know. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's a good way to create brand loyalty. Correct. I think uh, by you yeah. know dining in because you get the experience yeah. and the ambiance and. You, you learn more about uh, yeah. the menu and the staff, and so uh, yes. it does create a, a, a greater opportunity. Places like Big Mills, I think he takes it on takeout as well. We have Adams right next door to him. Uh, a lot of people do the takeout with uh, with Adams. So especially the one on uh, 43rd and 53rd, the new one is Adams to go. He takes it. He said $2 lunch, $3 dinner. So there's several who do take that. And the idea behind that is, again, is like the app was created for branding purposes, so usually what people do is when they download the GCM app, they navigate through it to see where they're going to go eat. So they start navigating because it feeds you the information, no pun intended, closest to you. Mm -hmm. So if you work any place here close to Celebration Point or Butler Plaza or downtown, it tells you what's around you. So you'd be like, oh, I'm going to go here, or you know what, I haven't been here in a while. So it's also a branding opportunity. Even if you don't use the app at that restaurant, you still get to see their logo. And you know how that is. You, you do an incredible amount of marketing yourself because you always want to be seen, remembered. If I get into an accident, I know who to call, right, Melvin, because you got the billboards, you got the buses, you got television, you're everywhere on purpose, and that's great marketing. I do the same thing for the restaurants and the app. So it's one place where if, you wanna, if you're a foodie, you download one app, and you get to see literally a hundred different restaurants. And if I'm a restaurant, I don't pay any money to be on my app. So you get to be seen. And even if people don't use it, they're still scrolled by your logo. So if they saw Bole or Tzatziki's, you know, Cold Stone, you name it, it, they get to see it. And that's a branding opportunity that I just created for that restaurant. And the way that we monetize the app is we sell uh, app advertising. We're no different than a radio station. Radio is free, but if you want to have a commercial like you have, you have to pay to be on the, on the radio because you're going to reach their audience. So we advertise the app. So we monetize it through a membership that's called Freemium. It's free to download and it's free to use. Like I told you, one redemption per restaurant per month per person. But if you want to go a second time, you have to pay for the $1 a month or $10 a year membership. Mm -hmm. And we also monetize it with ads. And then one thing that we're introducing with the new app is that restaurants are going to be able to log in to a back portal, and they're going to be able to see all the redemptions that they have redeemed that month. And on the back of that, we're going to sell advertising to businesses that want to sell to business owners. So that's a B2B platform. So, for instance, if you want to reach Greg at the Texas Roadhouse, when he logs in in the future, beginning in the fall, this will be available, he'll be able to see it. Like BMW already bought an ad because they're targeting the owners or the general managers. They don't want to target the regular person. So in Gainesville, they also own Toyota. So Toyota bought an ad on the actual app because those are the people who more, more than likely drive Toyotas. So what we do is we are a platform for advertisers to say, hey, we cater to foodies, old, everybody that eats. If you go to the Texas Roadhouse, you have blacks and whites and yellow. Everybody eats there, right? Cowboys, country people. They, they yeah. do a huge growth. Yeah. So when you say who's the average audience for, for GCM, whoever goes to Bole. So mostly women, you know, nukes and places like that, chicken salad chick. So another one's a huge one is Four Rivers. We do a lot of redemptions with Four Rivers, BurgerFi, Grub, with Butler Plaza. We have a lot of restaurants in Butler Plaza as well. Uh, there's a Kilwins in Butler Plaza who does tremendous work as well. Then we have the World of Beer. So we cater to everyone, anyone that wants to go out to eat. We have 100 different restaurants. So when we get those eyeballs, we sell that because everything is data. I can tell you how many times the app was open, how many impressions your ad got, how many clicks he got. And then you can track the clicks as well from your back end to make sure that everything is, you know, the way that it should be. So we, we're a platform for restaurants to promote themselves for free. That's the honey that attracts the people. Once we have, we have been downloaded over 60,000 times. Then we go say, hey, do you want to be on an app that has an audience, the people that have money? Because if you're going to go out to eat, you have money. You may not be wealthy or rich, but you're not poor. So we have an audience then we actually monetize through advertising. So how do people get your app? All they have to do is go to the Google Play Store, the App Store, and then type in GCM for gift certificates and more, and it'll come right up. But I do want to say, I'm glad I'm doing this interview with you because we have a brand new app that actually comes out next week. That's oh. going to be the new, um, are you familiar with UX and UI, terminology for apps? No, I'm it's not. It's called user interface and the user experience. Okay. So we try to have a better experience with the app, and this app 
uh, because it's a brand new app. What I tell people is apps are like dogs. You know, it's a seven year, a dog for every one year human is seven years for a dog. Same thing with the digital world. If you have an app that's two years old, it's really 14 years old because technology goes that fast. In a restaurant, you can say you're brand new for a year. An app, you can't really say you're brand new after a year because you've been out for a year. The technology after that, where there's location sensitivity, geofencing, there's so many things that change. You know, what people call this is a clean-looking app. You know, all the, the user interface and user experience change all the time. So that's what we do, and this new app is being developed as we speak, and we already sent it to test flight, so it should be available in the store next week, and it's going to be a lot better for the members. But uh, for now, yes. if, if you just... Um Go to the app store. Yes, you put in GCM. Yep. Do you have to put in anything else no, besides just GCM. GCM. Yeah, just GCM. And it should come up whether yep. you're Android or yep. uh, correct Apple or whatever. Yep. Okay, uh, we, we have it in the Google Play Store and the App Store. Correct. So, um, since you've uh, been involved in the restaurant industry as well as serving restaurants, mm-hmm. uh, what what are some of the key factors that uh, make a restaurant either successful or go out of business? Well, I guess at the end of the day is the quality of the food, right? Uh, The quality of the service. Because if you like the restaurant and they're a little bit slow, you're okay with it. And they have great service, but you don't like the food, you're not so okay with it. So in my opinion, it will be the food um, and then followed by the service. If you can hit a happy medium, have really good food and really good service, you, you nailed it, right? In my opinion, the Roadhouse does that. Another thing you have to do is you have to be price conscious. If you're too expensive, very few people can afford you, and which is fine. There's a niche for everyone. But depending on what you want to do is, you know, at the end of the day is the quality of the food, in my opinion, and in mm-hmm. what price you're going to be, that you're going to give a lot of value for as little money as possible but still make a profit. The restaurant industry in and of itself is not a very profitable industry. Less than 10% profit. If you spend a dollar at a restaurant, a dime to eight cents is a profit. People think it's like 20, 30 percent. It's really not. Food cost is usually between food cost, labor cost, and fixed cost. There goes 90 percent of your cost. So you have to be very careful how you actually, how much you serve, because if you give away the food, you're going to go out of business, right? You have to charge a good price, serve a good quality, great service with a smile. Yeah, I know. Freddie Weeby, who is the managing partner here for yes. Spurriers, told me that the number one reason that celebrity restaurants like Spurriers, which right. is named after a celebrity, gotcha. right, yep, yep, yep. they went out of business was because uh, the owners were giving away food to their friends, and, yep. you know, and that the bartenders are giving away drinks, and yep. pretty soon that 10% or 8% shrinks down to zero, yep. And, yep. and then it can start going the other way. Yep. The bar is a little bit more profitable. But the food is less profitable. That's why a lot of people do have the bar because they can make more money on the bar. When you buy two drinks, that's when they start making their money, even with soft drinks. But the food itself is not very profitable. But you're right. And I would argue it doesn't have to be a celebrity restaurant. Any restaurant that you don't see what's going out, the back door or the front door, without getting paid, you're going to go out of business. Yeah, I think it's very important. And look, uh, you're, you're obviously uh, very knowledgeable in the food industry. And I want to thank you for, uh, thank you for joining us yeah, and sharing it. So everybody, get your phone out while you're either watching this or listening. Uh, we're on YouTube, Facebook, 37 different audio platforms. And go to your app store and put, uh, GCM. put in GCM, okay? Yeah. And you're going to be saving three or four or $500 this year if you use it wisely, right? Yeah, correct, correct. So anyhow, I have to go out to eat a Edward, lot, thank you very much for joining us. Thank this you, has really been fun, educational. And uh, as soon as I uh, finish the show today, I'm going to run out and uh, download <laughs> your app because I'm sure I go to a lot of your restaurants. I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. Thank you. Thank Jeff. you very much for joining us. We're going to be back in three minutes on Melden Law and Friends. I can't even believe this. Look, look what you have done to my truck. Excuse me, it's your fault, it's not my fault. Yes, it is your fault. I am calling Jeffrey Meldon from Meldon Law. So I'm going to call Jeffrey, my husband. Meldon Law, this is Jeffrey speaking. Jeffrey! This guy's here. This guy's here. He might. New client? Yes, but this one might be a little tricky. 
I was driving behind a lady, and very suddenly she moved out of the way. There was a log laying in the road, and when I hit my brakes, I went on top of the log. I had 280 discs. I just haven't been the same since. Jeffrey Melton fought for me all the way. Him and his team really went there for me. Throughout the whole lawsuit, he made sure that my bills was paid. It was never no whenever I called him and asked him for something. Albert, Alberta, I understand you were witnesses to a crash. Can you tell us about the accident? When you're in a crash, it's important to get witness statements immediately after the accident. Whether you're in a car, truck, motorcycle, scooter, or even a golf cart accident, at Melden Law, we won't back down. We are here at the University of Florida, where Albert and Alberta are competing in the Gator Penalty Shootout. Albert is ready to stop the shot at all costs. What a disaster! Luckily, Mountain Law is the only official law firm partner of the Florida Gators. If you have suffered any injury, do not worry because Mountain Law is going to help you with your recovery. Mountain Law doesn't back down until they reach their goal. We still hear it. The sound of victory. The joy of being part of something great. And while things may not be the same right now, we haven't gone anywhere. If you bleed orange and blue, then Melden Law is the firm for you. When you're a member of the Gator Nation, you know what it means to never back down. Melden Law has been a proud supporter of the Gator Nation since 1971. Two forces that won't back down. As the old saying goes, if you can't beat them, join them. Welcome back to Melden Law and Friends. I'm Jeffrey Melden. Uh, listening to those commercials uh, reminds me that uh, we are the only official injury law firm partner of the Florida Gators and very proud of it. We're here at Spurrier's Gridiron Grill here in the uh, podcast room. It's really cool. As you look around, we have all these people that are eating dinner around us. And uh, uh, Evan, Michelle, and I are just kind of sitting here like... Uh, fish in a in a tank or something right everybody's looking at us yes. but it's fun uh so anyhow um Melden law and friends is a show where we try to bring people from the community to talk about important things that they're doing and uh, today is no exception remember father's day giveaway uh, coming up go to uh our facebook page Melden law and you can win a 250 dollar gift certificate plus a personally signed visor from Steve Spurrier to Dad. And so come here to Spurrier's. You'll have great food, a great time. It'll be a big event, and you'll get your own personally signed visor. So uh, join us. Uh, Melden Law um, regularly has giveaways, uh, and we are really excited to uh, help promote um, uh, Spurrier's and what they're doing for the community. Uh, our second guest today is Michelle Pepin, uh, and she started a group called Picking Up the Pieces. Uh, welcome, Michelle. How Thank are you? Thank you. Good. How are you? Good. Um, I read the uh, story of uh, what happened, and it's, it's tragic and very sad, but I do think for people to get context for what you're doing, uh, I'd like you to tell a little bit about how you... Uh, got to the point of starting this group, picking up the pieces, and uh, being on our show today. Okay, thank you for having me here. Um, I have two children. Caitlin is my oldest. She's 31. And, of course, Ian, they both dabbled in drugs. Um, it's horrible. It started with pills. We moved from one place to another, changed their friends, and it was nonstop. 
Caitlin went off one way, Ian went off in another, different, different types of friends. Ian got into pills more than Caitlin did, met the wrong type of people, got into heroin, and it, it just, it rocked our world. Nobody wants their child to be involved with drugs. Nobody wants people talking about their child. Ian was such a good kid, uh, such a good sense of humor. Um, him and Caitlin were very close. They were 18 months apart. And Caitlin always looked out for Ian. He was younger? He was younger. They were actually 11 months apart. They were Irish mm -hmm. twins. So she always looked out for him, and he didn't want to hurt her. So he told her a lot of lies. Different programs he went into jail for petty crimes, shoplifting, and things like this. Because How of the old was he when that started? That started for Ian about 17. Mm -hmm. so, what was he like uh, up until that time? Good kid. He was a class clown, um, heart of gold. He would do anything for anybody. But he had low self-esteem. That's It started. You know, he was kind of tall, lanky, stood out. Um, <laughs> his nickname was Big Head. <laughs> he grew into it eventually. But it's just funny things that you think he just wanted to fit in. Caitlin, his sister, was more... She was bolder. More self-confident. Yeah. And Ian always wanted to be like that. With their friends being different, they went their separate ways for a little while. We really didn't know how bad it was on, until school time with the teacher saying that he was not doing as well as he was. He was a good student. Both my kids were good students. We had a talk with them. You know, yes, I'm doing something I shouldn't be doing with the pills and everything like that. We got him some help. Um, so we got him some help. He went away for a while. Was doing really good. In a residential treatment program? Yes, that was out in Fort Lauderdale. And did that help? It helped temporarily. It was a temporary solution, we found out. He just couldn't sit still. He always had to be busy. He loved music, skateboarding, all different types of things. So they're good at hiding things. When people do drugs, they hide it. So we were kind of fooled for a while. Then it was brought to our attention again. And by that time, it was too late. He was involved in heavy stuff. Um, went to jail for 18 months. He had did his time. He came out, looked good. He was doing really good for a couple months. In the meantime, he was talking to a girl he used to know, and they got involved in a relationship. She was older. We didn't approve of her at all. Uh, it's just something about her, and my daughter didn't approve of her either. And it was just chaotic. They were fighting all the time, and... He didn't want to go back to that old lifestyle, and she was lying was he, to him. Was he working? He was working. He was doing construction work, and he loved it. He was mm -hmm. saving for a car. He was saving money. He was doing everything he should have been doing. So he had heard that she was using drugs, and he confronted her with it. And she's, she lied to him, but he walked in on her one day, and she was using drugs. So he sat down with my husband and myself and said, I need to end this relationship, but I need to do it with you and Dad there. Um, I don't want her getting upset. I just want to end it. He asked if she could spend the night at our house, and we didn't want her to. But he begged and begged. Finally, we gave in. And that night there was a little argument, but then everything was fine. I left the next day to go babysit uh, my grandchildren, and my husband was home. And he got up to make a cup of coffee. And he walked by my son's room. And she was kicking my son. He was on the floor. And she was pouring water on him. And my husband ran in there 
grab my son and immediately starting doing CPR on him and mouth to mouth call 911 that time right after he did that he called me told me I had to get home and I said why he said you just need to get home and I knew by his voice and I didn't expect this we got home and they wouldn't let me in the house they wouldn't let me near my son got him in an ambulance went to the hospital I was sitting in the waiting room and I was waiting and time was going by so slow there was another family there um, there was a car accident and they lost their son and everybody went to that family and I'm sitting there by myself waiting for my husband to come in and finally a nurse said has anybody spoken to you and I said no I'm waiting can you tell me what's going on with my son and she said they didn't tell you he's dead just as bold and cold as that after that it's kind of a blur because I the last thing I remember is just screaming that my husband walking in so from that moment it was a wake-up from that moment I realized number one in the emergency room the treatment people get um, because of the drugs the stigma that's attached to it but then I was frustrated because when the police came to my house there was drugs all in my son's room um, there was cans of computer spray she was huffing it and my son never did that my son's autopsy report stated he died from fentanyl carfentanyl methamphetamine and Xanax I found out after his death that she had a felony for methamphetamine uh, trafficking methamphetamine and she had a prescription for Xanax it was very odd with my son's death they didn't take any evidence or anything like that so I got very upset about that and I had so much anger in me but then I stopped and I thought Ian wouldn't want me to be like this I have to take my anger and do something with it so it turned into a positive I went back and I just sat in the emergency room one day and I just watched people coming in people that were doing drugs the way they were treated and I was just sitting there taking notes just watching everything going around me and it bothered me that human beings were treated like that so I said okay I have to do something about this so that's where it all started um, and tell us what what were some of the steps that you decided to take I took classes I just went into meetings, AA meetings, NA meetings, sat there and listened to stories, and I, I cried because a lot of these people that were there, their story is tragic. It could happen to anybody. A lot of the kids that were there, their parents used tough love on them, threw them out of the house. And to this day, I tell parents, when you do that, you're just you're cutting yourself off from your child. You're going to get a knock on the door. You're going to get a phone call. Don't do that to your child. You don't have to enable them, but be there for them. Just don't. So what are some strategies that you would have uh, uh, for parents that are dealing with kids that are, you know, into drugs uh, and that they want to be, um, they want to change their behavior, but yet they don't want to be an enabler? Stop giving them cash. Don't give them cash. Don't let them use your car. You give them a ride somewhere. You ask questions. Go in their room. If they're living with you, that's your house. That's your room that they're living in. You have that right. You'd be surprised at the things that are coming out that kids are using to get high. It's starting very young. Right now, we're going through the pills, the press pills. And it only takes one pill. People think they're getting something they're not. We have fentanyl in everything on our street. Marion County, Alashua County, everywhere in Florida is fentanyl. People don't realize how dangerous it is. Yeah, very. I think, uh, you know, there's, there's a number of famous artists uh, that mm -hmm. died from fentanyl. I think uh, Prince and I think Tom Petty uh, mm -hmm. had, had fentanyl. And uh, it's, it's a dangerous drug that, you know, uh, sometimes used in a, in a hospital setting 
properly, but but right. certainly not not for home use. No, and the way it's being used when you're pressing the pills, the amount of every pill is different. There's a different amount of fentanyl in every pill because it's just getting mixed. They're not even mixing it the right way. They shouldn't be mixing it. Put it that way. It's it's a war. We have, we have a war on our street. So, um, so if you're a parent and you know you see behavior, um, what are some concrete things that you would suggest doing to actually improve or change the behavior of your your kid? Sit down with your child and talk to them. See what's going on in their life. There's a lot of depression. Kids are suicidal. There's a lot of bullying in schools, sit down and see what's going on with them. What happens if the uh, child is not willing to communicate uh, openly about what's going on? Well, I mean, you as a parent have a choice. You can bring them somewhere to talk to somebody. If they don't want to talk to you, they can go somewhere and talk. Bring them to a teen group, somewhere where they let it out. I have people, I give my phone number out all the time, and I tell people, I don't care what time it is, call me. I answer my phone. Even with your teenagers, they might not talk to you, but they'll talk to me. And it's true. Kids feel comfortable talking to a total stranger before they would talk to their parents. I know. It's like that on on the uh, airplane sometimes. Listen, we're going to take a quick one-minute break. I'm here with Michelle Pepin from Picking Up the Pieces, a very uh, uh, tearful but uh, important story that uh, we're hearing today. And we're going to be back in 60 seconds on Melden Law and Friends. Alberta, I understand you were witnesses to a crash. Can you tell us about the accident? When you're in a crash, it's important to get witness statements immediately after the accident. Whether you're in a car, truck, motorcycle, scooter, or even a golf cart accident, at Melden Law, we won't back down. Oh my gosh, I can't even believe this. Look, look what you have done to my truck. Excuse me, it's your fault, it's not my fault. Yes, it is your no, fault. Not, not I am not. calling Jeffrey Melden from Melden Law. So I'm going to call Jeffrey, my husband. Melden Law, this is Jeffrey speaking. Jeffrey! This oh, person no, here, wait, this person lady, he might... New client? Yes, but this one might be a little tricky. Welcome back to Melden Law and Friends. I'm Jeffrey Melden, founder of Melden Law, and we are... Uh, statewide law firm with offices in Gainesville, Ocala, Lake City, and Fort Lauderdale. Uh, our primary practice is personal injury, folks that have been seriously injured. We help them uh, put the, the, their lives back together. Uh, many times it affects people, and it's uh, very important work that we do. So if anybody needs help after a serious accident, please uh, give us a call or go to our, our website, MeldenLaw.com, or you can give us a call at uh, 352-373-8000. Uh, we're here today with Michelle Pepin, who uh, started a group called Picking Up the Pieces after the tragic loss of her son, Ian, and we we're talking about some of the resources in the community that parents that are struggling with children that are having serious uh, drug problems uh, can go to. Uh, Michelle, uh, you were uh, saying before we went to break that uh, there are resources in the community uh, available. I know uh, last week we had uh, the uh, folks from the Meridian Behavioral Center here. Meridian is amazing. Uh, I send people to Meridian. Um, good programs, good people. We have Beacon Point in Ocala. We have SMA. We have Group Recover. We have so many good groups, um, people that are supportive. If there's a need... If you feel that you have a need for your child or somebody in your family, please seek it out. So if the if your child, and a child can be, you know, 25 years old or 35 years old, it's still your child, right? Exactly. If you see 
some really self-destructive behavior, uh, but the um, child is not willing to communicate or acknowledge any problem, what can a parent do as far as reaching out to professionals to get some strategies? Well, we have 211. You can dial that. Um, we have so many groups you can reach out to in the community. We have a recovery fest coming up September 10th um, on a Saturday from 10 to 2 at Tuscawilla Park. We have all kinds of agencies there. If parents would like to come out there, anybody. So this is in Ocala. And Marion, yes. kind of for those of you that are watching or listening, Tuscawilla Park is a very cool place. Uh, right in the heart of uh, old Ocala, yes. and uh, it's you know I've been there. We we actually did some um, TV commercials set there, uh, right on the water there. It's a good place to do it. Yeah, we did. They but they told me I had to do it at daybreak, right? So I had to like get up at five thirty in the morning so I could be there when the ducks fly off the water because <laughs> that looked kind of cool, right? Yes. <laughs> that was I, I get up early, but not five thirty. So anyhow. Um, but the uh, important point um, that Michelle is bringing out is uh, there are resources available. There's uh, strategies as parents. Uh, sometimes we um, may not have all of the tool in the toolbox to deal with the problem, exactly. and that's where reaching out to uh, other um, agencies who are used to dealing with this on a, a regular basis can be very helpful. Absolutely. I have a website. It's www.pickinguptthepieces.us. You could go on there. I have information. You could call me. Uh, my phone number's on there. I answer my phone all the time. If you have any questions, I can direct you. Well, you what's your phone number? It's 352-816-3793. Please call me. I'll be happy to forward you any information I have, but I'll be more than happy to help you, you know, go in the right direction. So you know a lot of the resources in Marion County and some of them in Latra County. I know, yes. I know that Meridian um, is opening up a new office in Marion County soon. Yes, we're excited. So, so that's going to be pretty cool. Yes. And um, look, it, it's, it's very, very common that um, kids get involved with drugs uh, and sometimes they get in over their heads. Listen, they're not bad kids. Addiction is a disease. It's a mental health disease. It's first time, absolutely, it's a choice. But after that, your brain gets rewired and your body craves this. You're in a panic because you don't want to feel that way. And the only thing you're doing is feeding the beast. If you're doing that, you need help. And you can't do it on your own all no, the time. not at all. You need support. There's support groups. We have groups at our office. We're starting new groups for teens. I love people. I love helping teenagers, adults, whatever. I don't want any more deaths. I've seen too many. Our, a whole generation we've lost because of this. It's not getting any better. We're getting other things on the street called ISO. And it's worse than fentanyl. It's 10 times worse than fentanyl. And it's already starting to creep its way in from Pasco County. And it's not a good thing. So um, what's your perspective as far as, uh, you know, talking to young people who are um, involved with drugs as far as, you know, what's the message you can send to them as far as how to change their lives in a better way? Love yourself. Don't listen to anybody. Don't let anybody talk you into anything. You don't need to be better. If somebody's bothering you, trying to talk you into doing drugs, go to your parent, go to a, a school, go to your friend. Go to a good friend and talk to them. You don't need somebody putting you in the wrong directions. Um, if you have any questions, call somebody. You know, you can ask questions. Questions are good. It messes up your life. There are people that are older that have lost a whole lifetime because of drugs. Don't do it. And I know it sounds so cliche, but you're better than that. Now, I've read where you even suggest if somebody's, you know, uh, 
addicted to drugs, alcohol, whatever, that there are ways to sometimes, uh, rather than just go cold turkey, mm -hmm. to wean yourself off. You want to talk a little bit about that perspective? Okay, there's some people that don't want to come off their drugs. There's programs. There's syringe exchange programs in place. Syringe exchange programs are legal in Florida. It's according to counties, whether they want to accept it or not. It's a preventative. It weans people off of drugs. It gives them a purpose without stopping cold turkey. There's other things that they can do. There's MAT programs, which is methadone, suboxone. It's a medication they can take to stop the cravings. Like I said, it's a disease and it's a beast. Mm -hmm. um, nobody wants to feel that way. It's having the flu like 10 times over. It's not a good feeling. Nobody wants to feel that way. Syringe exchange programs, I am for. It's not legal in our county, but I do a syringe exchange program, and I've had people go into recovery from it. I've seen them over a four-month period go from using to going into recovery. It can be done, and it's a form of harm reduction. People need to listen about the programs, the judgment. That's what's stopping people from listening is the judgment, the judgment and the stigma from people using drugs, and that has to stop. It's killing our kids. So in Alachua County, do you know if they have a syringe exchange program? Um, I go to so many meetings, I can't tell you. I believe that there's a syringe exchange program in Alachua County. Okay. I believe there is. Well, I think the, the important message to get out is uh, when, when you see something going on with your child, mm -hmm. um, deal with it. Yes. Be a parent. Be, be a parent. It's not easy. It's heartbreaking. But the alternative is a lot worse. Exactly. And that, you know, you, what you want to do is to never give up. It's your child, and your child's going to frustrate you. Your child's going to do things that uh, you don't uh, believe are good behavior, uh, and we've all dealt with that uh, in, in one way or another. Uh, the issue with hard drugs is that it can wind up um, killing your child, and uh, you don't have any exactly. second chances after that. You know, and if you see something odd, if you see your your child hanging around with a different type of friend, start asking questions. So what are some other resources like school or if your kid's not in school, just go to the community resources? Well, we do have a recovery high school. Um, in, in, in Ocala? It's not in Ocala. Um, it's in Jacksonville. Um, but it's open to it's people open from all over. It's such a good program. Anna Rice, she's amazing. So, so when they take in kids that are having mm -hmm. serious problems and uh, yes. they spend time there and they're learning along with learning uh, scholastically as well as learning about life, uh, good, good behavior. Exactly. Learning about their bodies, learning about their mental health. And that's what it's about. These kids, they have to understand what's going on. Their bodies are changing. Their brains are all over the place. And kids need an outlet. You know, so I think if we have more schools like this, it would help so much. Kids with drugs are starting at a very young age. You know, I've dealt with kids that are at least 13, and it's not just smoking pot. These are methamphetamine. They're using methamphetamine. No child should be using methamphetamine, let alone 13 years old. It's a scary world out there right now with all these drugs. It's not the way it used to be. I mean, if you were doing drugs and you were doing cocaine... You were getting cocaine. Now you're not getting it. You're, you're getting fentanyl. Well, uh, I've been talking with Michelle Pepin uh, with a group called Picking Up the Pieces, and I think this is a, a poignant message that all of us um, should be aware of and that uh, anybody that's uh, been a parent, I think, can... Uh, sympathize with what Michelle has gone through. And uh, I think our message today is there's hope, there's things that can be done, and take action. Yes. 
Well, thank you very much for coming on the show with us, Michelle. And we're going to be back next week on Melden Law and Friends.